Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell. And this is Jonah Trebowasser. And welcome back to another edition of Radio Rotary, made possible by Rotary District 7210. Each week we chat with your neighbors about great things happening in your community and around the world. People who live by Rotary's motto of service above self. And today our special guest is Andrea Schiffman, who is um, in charge of owner, president, CEO of Active Learning, a tutoring agency in New York City. That's right. One-on-one type of tutoring. You've come all the way up from New York today to talk, but chat with us. She's not That's here right. to tutor us. No, no. Well, speak Although for we yourself. desperately need it. <laughs> no. Uh, Andrea, welcome back to uh, Radio Rotary. You've been with us before. And um, you're here very to give us a very important eyewitness um, testimony and eyewitness report from Haiti. You know, uh, when the earthquake first happened in Haiti, it was covering, the, blanketing all the news. And then as time passes it shifts to the background with the volcano in iceland and this oil spill in the gulf and we forget that haiti is still a disaster area it still needs help and that's why we're so privileged to have you here with us today on radio rotary to give us an eyewitness of what's actually happening in haiti today thank you very much i'm glad to be here so tell us um what made you decide to go to haiti and what did you see when you were there well, I've I've done quite a bit of traveling throughout my life, and uh, I speak French, and, and Haiti is so close to the U.S., and uh, I really, I was brought up to, like, probably like the Rotarians are. In other words, you, you really want to help others, um, and when I saw what was happening in Haiti, I really thought it was a good occasion for me to go and do what I could. And how soon after the earthquake hit did you get that to go down there? Uh, we flew down six days after the earthquake. Wow, wow so you really had quick. to drop everything and yeah. rearrange your life. When you Literally, say we, yeah. who is we? Well, I went down with three others. One of them was Jimmy Kushner. He, he's the guy who really organized the trip. And a fellow Rotarian? Yes. Yes. Inwood Rotary Club, right. That's right, Inwood Rotary. He's the Which founder. Which he founded, yeah. I believe. That's yeah. right. Yeah, right. that's right. And uh, we all met up, actually, at JFK Airport, so we didn't know, uh, I didn't know the others beforehand. Uh-huh. And uh, we flew down into the Dominican Republic, got picked up by a truck, and uh, they drove us into Haiti. Oh, before we talk about how you actually got into Haiti, um, you decide, you see what's happening with the earthquake on television, decide you want to help, which is very commendable of you, and you six days later you're there. In that six-day period, uh, what did you have to do to get ready to go? I mean, it's not like going on vacation when you're bringing whole bunch of luggage i mean how did you prepare well how'd you know what to bring even yeah well that's that's a good question in fact i only found out two days before leaving that i was going down and uh, immediately i sent out emails to everybody i knew asking for donations Uh, the one thing that you never want to do when you go to a disaster area is go empty-handed so um, i collected from friends and family and other organizations donations monetary uh, Uh, what what did you bring both Um, monetary because money is always needed and uh, also lots of medical supplies food uh infant formula things like that gauze just anything because they needed absolutely everything that's right there is nothing there so pretty much anything you brought would have been useful and we were allowed to bring 100 pounds each now were you a part of this comprehensive disaster response Cedars, were you a part of that, or is that how you got hooked into this? Well, that, those are the people. Todd Shea is is the founder and uh, the president of that, and uh, he, I guess, um, knows Jimmy Kushner. He asked us to come down, so we went down really with the organization, with CDRS, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Comprehensive Disaster Response Services, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where we stayed. That's where we set up the medical camp. 
Um, so and that was, was your primary mission, wasn't it, to set up that camp specifically? You, I mean, it wasn't you just went down and, and landed and said, I'm here. Right. There was some type of organization involved. There, there was an organization. There was CDRS. But at that point, there was only Todd and, and two other people, two other doctors mm-hmm. that had started to set up mm-hmm. the camp. Mm-hmm. So when the four of us arrived, we, we really kind of continued uh, uh, setting it up, organizing. Um, th- there was so much to do because there were nobody, almost nobody had, saw, had gotten any help yet. Okay, so let's go back. You, you're there. You're driven into Haiti. What happened? What, yeah, what, what was, what's the first what's thing the you first see? first thing? Yeah, I mean, she lands in the Dominican Republic, which was fairly much untouched by the earthquake, correct? Yeah, the Dominican Republic was just same place that you would expect on vacation, mm-hmm. um, at least uh, Santo Domingo. Uh, a truck picked us up. We stayed overnight, actually, in Santo Domingo, and then the trucks drove us to Haiti. As we crossed the border of Haiti, uh, that's where it becomes apparent, apparent. that yeah. Uh, yeah, something's going on. Even at the border itself, there were lots of people coming and going, lots of uh, medics and, and rescue workers. So there was a, it was a hub of activity right there at the border. And I'm sure also the shelter box Rotarians as That's well. Right, you cross paths with the, with that effort. We yeah no we doubt, no doubt you did because oh they were. definitely yeah we in fact in the medical camp uh, we had I think ten different rotary boxes uh, shelter boxes and uh, thank God for them too because there was not much else to for the patients to stay in. Yeah, that's or, what I I read or was told or saw on CNN something like that they were actually using them as part as an extension of medical facilities. Right, because people oh, yeah. didn't want to stay there in buildings because they were afraid the buildings would shake again and collapse on them. That's right. That's so right. So using our rotary tent shelter boxes, which holds ten and has all sorts of equipment yeah, for in it. For our thing. listeners that you've had the really, I mean, we've just seen them, you've actually experienced them, but for our listeners that don't know what that is, they're a, it's a temporary housing. Temporary, it, it can be for six months. It comes in a box. Um, it has provisions for 10 people for six months. That's right, and and we use them in many ways. In fact, the doctors, the nurses, all the staff stayed in them. Myself, too. I, I slept in uh, one of the tents. And we also put uh, patients overnight in the tents, and we even had babies born, <laughs> and uh, wow. they even wow. served as deliveries, delivery rooms. So Andrea Schiffman, uh, who's bringing us eyewitness testimony of what's happening in Haiti, we, we hear that you've driven in from uh, the Dominican Republic into Haiti, what are the first sites that could greet you? Where are the various rescue workers? But how about the devastation? Can you describe it for our radio audience? Sure. Uh, it, it takes a couple, a few hours to get into Port-au-Prince from the border. So right at the border, the only thing we noticed was the lack of, el- uh, there was no lights. There were n- no electricity and people out on the street. Uh, and then the closer that we got to Port-au-Prince, you, you then saw um, r- some rubble, uh, more people out on the streets, just kind of disarray. And uh, the, the final moment, the real telling moment, is when we actually arrived to, in the outskirts of the city. And it was just disastrous. Uh, everybody, as you were saying, nobody was in the buildings. Everybody was out on the streets. And they lived on the streets. They slept on the streets. They they ate their food. Those who were fortunate enough to have food at that point were all on the street. Um, and, and so, you, so you have people on the street who are living rough, living in the outdoors. Probably no bathroom facilities to speak of, right? No, there was a. There's a, still a big hygiene problem, and a lot of people who are hurt. 
Yes. And, uh, you know, no hospitals, no medical care to speak of? Very, very few medical centers. Um, the main, I think most of the main hospitals in uh, Port-au-Prince were either destroyed or were not fit to be used. So you, you and your team of, of uh, rescue personnel and, and helpers are confronted with this. Where do you know where to help first? I mean, it, to me, it sounds overwhelming. How do you know who to help Daunting. first? Yeah, yeah, you're right. There were so many people in need of help. And basically, you set up where you can. And we were very fortunate to use an old amusement park. Um, it, it had been serving as a children's amusement park, but it was all outdoors. There weren't any buildings, so therefore there was, we didn't have to worry about collapses. Only the, the gazebos in the park were collapsed. And so we set up our camp there. We used the gazebos as the various... Uh, portions of our medical camp, uh, the surgery gazebo and the communications gazebo, the triage gazebo. And uh, people, then we sent out word and people eventually heard Start about coming. us and started coming. Explain what triage is. I mean, we we know it because we have a bit of a medical background, but... Uh which, what is triage? Well, basically, what it, I, I actually don't have a medical background, right. but what I can tell you from what I saw there is uh, you would have the severely wounded, and then you would have others who, for example, were dehydrated or uh, just in, in need of maybe less uh, severe. Immediate or immediate care. Yeah. Right. And in fact, our triage gazebo was closer to the entrance of the camp. And very often people would come to the triage and we would just have to send them immediately back yeah. to the surgery. It's mm -hmm. just taking care of the worst first, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But then, you know, it's it, it, with so... It's so oh, with, with so few supplies, you know, yeah. we really had to do what we could. Right, right, right. So... Well, supplies. So the supplies keep coming in. The people keep coming. Um, mm, it must have been. Was were you rocked back or, or shocked? Was it difficult for you to see human suffering oh. on such a grand scale? On it such an such immense a scale. Yeah. It it was horrible. It, it was absolutely you, you can't imagine. Uh, I, I was watching the news every day since the earthquake happened, but then to be there and see it and to hear it, and that that I think is one of the worst things was to hear the screams, and uh, oh, it, it's unimaginable. But yet you're there to help, and it, it provides you with the strength that I, I don't know where I got mine from. But well, you can't be paralyzed. You, can't you have be. to. You have to what is it flight or fight or whatever right. that is Some, exactly. another instinct takes over and you forge ahead it, it, that's true you you just get it from from somewhere, somewhere inside deep. and you need it because these are the people that are suffering uh, we as as rescue workers we can't be breaking down but that being said we did all break down at one point or another uh, at, sure. almost everybody had an episode yeah 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 but you're a very brave and, and wonderful person to go down there and help oh, less fortunate in that kind of uh, situation and we're going to hear more from uh, andrea Schiffman about her eyewitness report from haiti in just a moment but tell us first sarah o'connell who brought us Radio Rotary this week? Well, we are here because of the generous support of Ro Rotary District 7210 and the Rotary Clubs of Arlington, Blooming Grove, Washingtonville, Carmel, Chester, Chestnut Ridge, Congers Valley Cottage, Fishkill Highland, Hyde Park, Kingston, Kingston Sunrise, and LaGrange. Let me remind our listeners they're in tune with Radio Rotary right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. My name's Jonah Trebois, and my co-host is the lovely Sarah O'Connell. Our guest is Miss Andrea Schiffman. Bring us eyewitness testimony of what happened in Haiti. And we'll be back with more of Radio Rotary. Alone, our reach is limited. 
No matter how great our intentions, on our own, we can only stretch so far. But at Rotary, we believe the right group of people working together can make our communities, our world, a better place. Rotary is a worldwide network of community volunteers dedicated to helping people in need. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion. For information about Rotary in the Hudson Valley, visit www.rotarydistrict7210.org. What would you do if a friend, coworker, or a loved one collapsed? Calling 911 alone will not be enough. Over 1,000 people a day die from sudden cardiac arrest. Many can be saved with early intervention. HealthSave offers CPR courses on a daily basis at our facility in Rockland County. We'll come to your home or business if you prefer. Call us toll-free at 877-277-6233. That's 877-277-6233. Or visit our website at healthsave.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Leave the E off of save for emergencies. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. The Blooming Grove Washingtonville Rotary Club invites you to their annual golf outing at Stonyport Golf Course on June 7th. Registration begins at 8 a.m. with tee off at 9. Continental breakfast, 18 holes of championship golf, a delicious gourmet lunch, and lots of prizes. All for just $120. Sponsorships are also available starting at $100. Proceeds support clean water projects around the world. For more information, contact Scott Green at 845-496-3631. 845-496-3631. For... Hi, this is Sarah O'Connell, and I'd like to welcome you back to this edition of Radio Rotary. I am joined by my co-host, Jonah Trebwasser, and today we're talking with um, Andrea Schiffman, who is the owner of Active Learning, uh, which is a tutorial agency in New York City. But, but more importantly, in this moment in time, we're talking about her volunteerism as she was part of a team that was one of the first response groups um, after the Haiti earthquake disaster That's right. and helped to set up a camp. Um, it's one thing we were talking a little earlier in the first segment to see, and everybody was riveted watching all the time on the news, the, the devastation. But what is it like to really be up close and personal and deal with, as a non-medical person, deal in a triage tent, deal in a medical uh, camp with that level of human suffering? It's it's very hard to grasp. Um, you're there. You're working. I, I was actually translating for the doctors and nurses because you are fluent in French. Is in that right? French, yeah, mm-hmm. not in Creole, but in French. And uh, so, in fact, I spent most of my time in the surgery tent. And I, I haven't had much medical experience at all, as far as even seeing suffering. And to be there, holding the patient's hand translating from you know the doctor is telling them uh, try to breathe do this do that and it's uh it's a little it's very daunting and it's a little it's a little bit uh i, I can't even describe it you, you almost have to block yourself well how do you psychologically even prepare for that you can't that's that's the whole problem and i think maybe it was an advantage uh, the fact that i didn't know exactly how 
horrible it was going to be. Uh, I may have hesitated a little bit more, but I, I was just there one day in the surgery tent the next day dealing with patients who, whose legs were, you know, destroyed, who just all kinds of uh, horrific injuries. And you just have to work. You can't really think too much about it. The doctor needs you to translate. You translate. You swing into action. Yes, yes. You know, it takes a very special person, uh, Andrea, like yourself, to, to be able to do that and just keep pushing ahead well, uh, in the face of that kind of adversity. Yeah, th- thank you for saying that. But I, I think anybody in that situation, I, I'm sure people have come across accidents uh, on mm-hmm. the road, and y- and you follow your instinct, and your instinct is to make sure the person is okay, to do what you can. You're, you're not really thinking about it. What about security and, you know, just, just that type of thing? No, because a very... it's a free-for-all, and here you are, yeah. a beautiful woman <laughs> down in a crisis just, uh, you know, chaotic situation. You know, uh, Sarah, it's a very important question because my f- nearly four decades of experience in the criminal justice system tells me that the uh, veneer of civilization can be very thin, especially in, in times of, of uh, riot and disaster. Panic. So, uh, Andrea, did, did, Andrea did, you, did you ever feel personally um, uh, concerned about your security? Uh, I, what, no. what was the crime situation around you? Yeah, I actually didn't feel very insecure. There, As in any big city, you're going to have areas that are a little uh, more chaotic than others. But, uh, for example, what you heard about in the news here, the riots, they were very confined. I never saw a riot. Mm-hmm. I never saw real violence. It's true that we did have guards um, at the entrance to the camp or when we went out, we also went out into the villages. And then, of course, you do need people to kind of hold back the crowds. But, but you have to understand these, these crowds, they're not, they, they're just hungry. They, they want food. They want water. And, um, it's, I think it's probably a different kind of, quote, violence <laughs> than, you know, than people that are out there just trying to get whatever they can. Right. Uh, th- these people, they hadn't had water for days. They hadn't had food for days. And um, we we would try to help them, but at the same time, you have to kind of try to keep a little bit of order, um, which which really, I have to say, wasn't that difficult. I don't think there was a real uh, violent situation there. How long did it take for things to improve? Uh, was it imperceptible, a little bit a day, or was this a sudden onrush or influx of relief? Um. It, I think it was a very gradual thing. Uh, there, there certainly wasn't a, a all of a sudden a moment of ah relief. No, not at all. In fact, it's still still horrible down there. Um, Which th- is why some of the, what you're you're involved in your next phase of this involvement for you is this um, collecting. We wanted to talk about. Yeah, um, we're sending down. Uh, we're shipping down a flatbed truck. Um, they're they're in great need of trucks of of big items to help move to transport people. Um, so we have a thirty foot long flatbed truck. And where did it come from? It was donated actually by uh, Carl Kelly from uh, he's in Waverly, New York, uh, and he has a company called Information Portfolio in New York. He donated this uh, he donated this truck and he collected thousands of dollars worth of items. Um, and these items are, are medications. Uh, mobility aids because you know there's been a lot of amputations and broken bones so we have crutches walkers wheelchairs all kinds of things and uh, we have everything we need but we need to ship it down we need funding to ship it down so once we get that funding and and uh, I don't know if I can talk about that here but 
Absolutely. Please, uh, please let our listening audience share with them where if they would like to send they want to about help. Oh, how they could do that. Okay. Yeah. Contact. Uh, well, the right now we have the New York Rotary Foundation uh, is accepting donations. They're tax free. Uh, I, I believe you call it tax-free contributions uh, because they're a, a charitable organization. And they can write a check to the New York Rotary Foundation. Um, they can send it to 322 th- uh, 8th Avenue, Suite 1701. And that's in New York, New York, 10001. They would make the check out to New York Rotary Foundation, and on the memo line of the check, you write Haiti Relief. Um, the money, we're, we're hoping to gather about $10,000, which would uh, be the cost of the shipping and uh, yeah, all, all of the operational costs to get this ship and a container down. Um, and we're, we're, we would like to do it as soon as possible. Now, Andrea Schiffman, how long were you in Haiti? I was down there for about two weeks. Uh, however, I'm going down. If we, if we can raise this money, and I just really hope we can, I will go down with the shipment. Uh, well, not on the cargo boat, but right. I'll, I'll be there to receive it, make sure that it it is received, nothing's missing, and it goes directly to the people um, who we are donating it to. Can can I talk about that? The Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is a group of uh, Frangelican nuns who uh, the New York Rotary had been working with even uh, before the earthquake. And they now have, it, it's called the Fraternity of Notre Dame. And they have 250 orphans. Um, and we're, in fact, uh, gathering another group of 200 orphans, combining them together, hopefully. And this shipment would be the start of much-needed help for, for this uh, uh, orphanage. You know, uh, as, I, as we said at the top of the show, um, Haiti has sort of faded into the background. when We've got the new news of the Times Square bomber and the Iceland yeah. the volcano. And the oil Our, spill. Yeah, oil spill. Are people still living in the out of doors, or, or, or are they starting to rebuild, or is it still as desperate as it was when we saw it on our televisions? I, unfortunately, it is as desperate as it was. I, I wish I, I don't see it on TV anymore. Uh, very rarely, I, I wish they would show it so that people would realize it, there hasn't been that much improvement. Um, schools have not even reopened yet. The ones that do exist, they're being taught in the tent cities under tents. Um, the the most dangerous uh, thought is the hurricane season is going to begin, which oh, is yeah. approaching. And imagine we have these wonderful tents, for example, the rotary tents, uh, the shelter boxes. They're not going to hold up in, in a hurricane. Right. No matter how good a tent is, it doesn't hold up in a hurricane. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, actually, wh- that's another thing. The container that we ship down, as well as many others that are already there, they provide hurricane-proof uh, housing. They're steel. You just cut a, a few windows in and a doorway, and it sounds very simple, and it is very simple. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is, is cut in a few holes, and you have housing. Um, and so that that's the kind of thing that we really, we're really working on now. We, there's, uh, well, tens of thousands, I think hundreds of thousands of families that are still seeking shelter. Well, Andrea Schiffman, uh bringing us your eyewitness report from Haiti. If there's one thing you want our listeners to understand about the continuing need down there, what would it be? That 
Well, I think you said it right there. There's a continuing need um, in every every single aspect of life, whether it's housing. Uh, they still need food. They still need water. Uh, they, we still need to open up the schools. There are a lot of long-term injuries. There's physical therapy now that's needed for all of these amputations. Psychological impacts as well, right? And that's what I was going to say. Most importantly, at least in my mind at this point, is the psychological, the mental um, health issues the that post-traumatic. we have. post-traumatic. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is rampant, rampant. And there are not very many uh, mental health experts there. How long do you think it'll take for Haiti to get back on its feet? Well, back on its feet, it's probably going to take a, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And actually running, uh, I, I just hope it, it goes in the right direction this time. I hope well, we build a good infrastructure. Andrea Shipman, with people like you going down there to help, I'm sure that it'll be that just that much quicker. I hope so. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Rotary. Thank you very much. And Sarah, who brought us Radio Rotary this week? Well, we are brought to you by Rotary District 7210 and the Rotary Clubs of Millbrook, Newburgh, New Paltz, New Windsor, Cornwall, North Rockland, Pleasant Valley, Port Jervis, Poughkeepsie, Red Hook, Rhinebeck, and Southern Ulster. For Sarah O'Connell, this is Jonah Trebowasser. Thank you for joining us this morning and inviting you to come back again for another edition of Radio Rotary next Friday morning at 9 o'clock right here on Hudson Valley Talk Radio. June 1st through June 6th, 2010 marks National CPR and AED Awareness Week. HealthSave will be conducting seven free one-hour basic adult CPR classes at our facility in Rockland County. To find out more about the schedules and register, just go to our website, healthsave.com. That's spelled H-E-A-L-T-H-S-A-V.com. Just leave the E off of save for emergencies. Or you can call us for more information at 877-277-6233. CPR training is for everyone. Learn CPR. Become a lifesaver. Hudson Valley Rotarians invite you to help us help those whose homes were destroyed in the earthquakes in Chile and Haiti by contributing to Rotary's Shelter Box program. Each Rotary Shelter Box has a durable tent, water purification, and cooking supplies for 10 people. Go to shelterboxusa.org for more information or to donate. That's shelterboxusa.org.